but 100% wool doesn't pick up on body odor, right? So when you're camping and you're right. <laughs> Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. So in the last episode, we mentioned the twins, and then we decided we should probably introduce them in person. Um, so Ian Planchon and Andy Gruen, welcome to We Do This For Fun. Thank you for having us. Yay. Golf clap. So glad you're here. So, so Andy is Jody's husband, and Ian is my husband, Lynn's husband. Um, so they look very similar, especially when they're wearing their identical gear, and so that's why we lovingly call them the twins. And yes, we do make fun of them often, but they are the reason that we're here. So we have to give credit where credit is due. And that is why they'll probably be reoccurring guests on this podcast Fan- because they're the reason that we camp in the first place. Fantastic. <laughs> so, okay, first things first, origin stories. So let's talk about Andy and Ian. How did you guys first get into so you're the reasons that jody and i are now into camping so how did you guys get into this whole outdoor scene who would like to go who wants to take it um ian you can go first all right okay so um i grew up in alaska and my parents uh were very outdoorsy people and i'm very fortunate for that and alaska is a very outdoorsy state i'm very fortunate for that and uh, I have memories and photographic evidence of being extremely young and my dad stuffing me in his backpack um, before baby carriers, carriers existed and skiing off into the wilderness and going to one of those cabins out in the middle of nowhere. And um, This was before baby Bjorns. And baby, yeah, exactly. Before <laughs> baby Bjorns and the fancy ones with the hoods and the rain deflectors and all those things. And I was stuffed into a mountain smith backpack with like fully, fully like geared up and gloves and mittens and hats and scarves and like just my hands and my head sticking out of the bag oh, so sweet and, uh, that was like a recurring theme in our in our childhood was lots of camping trips and um it, it's one of those things that i remember as a child's distinctly planning these trips you know at the end of every year planning next year much like we do in minnesota um you know figuring out okay where are we gonna go camping for Labor Day, for Memorial Day, and for all the days in between, and how you, far you got those backwards, by the way. Memorial. Life. Well, no, technically, I mean, I just went around all the way and started <laughs> oh, at the I back, see. went to you the front. In the winter. Yeah, just, okay. It's all over the place. Sure. Okay. Um, so anyway, yeah, a lot of that, a lot of camping with the family, and uh, and my mom's from the middle of nowhere, Alaska, and so we got to go there a few times and and kind of experience the real wilderness of Alaska, and that's kind of been a theme in my life and career ever since then. Ian, are both your parents from Alaska? No. So my dad is from California. He is like, the house he grew up in as a kid is like five blocks from where Facebook is now. Um, So if he were to try to live there again, he would be ran out pretty fast because there's no way he'd be able to afford that area. Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom is from kind of as a young, young child, like all over the place. Her dad was in the Air Force. Um, but then they settled her, her mom 
divorced and met a guy and they ended up, my mom grew up in a small village in Alaska called Ruby at the time, maybe a hundred people spread out over 150 square miles. Um, and so that's where she grew up. And when she was able to, uh, I think when she was 18 years old, she was able to do what was called an exchange program to, to not leave the state, but to leave the village and go to the nearest city and go to school there. Um, cause she was homeschooled her entire life. Um, so she finally got to go to school in Anchorage and, uh, then she got a taste for the big city life and, yeah, uh, big city life. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> then like the, the stories get a little weird depending on who tells them to you, but th- somehow my parents met each other in Fairbanks. Um, and they both had really good friends that, that introduced my parents to each other. Um, and actually that's, it's funny cause that's, that's kind of how I got into the mix because they were introduced to each other by their friends and those friends have been our lifelong friends. We're still friends with them today. Mm. And th- those are the people we'd go camping with like without fail every single time. Um, so, you know, not to jump ahead too much, but like being raised in Alaska, you don't have a lot of family. You have a lot of friends and we would camp and do things with our friends. And I feel like Lynn and I started off on our life and we'll get into this later. Um, but we have like, we have created a life that's revolves around a lot of friends. We have family too now, which is fortunate for us, but you know, like meeting you guys, it's been kind of, I think that's my childhood has helped lead to that a little bit. Just like finding people in the wilderness and latching onto them. <laughs> for two, latching on for dear life. <laughs> Which literally quite happened with our children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So there you go. So, so Andy. Ian, was camping something that your parents shared or was it more from one parent than the other? Ooh. I don't know. I feel like I feel like they both did it equally well, which is which might be what led to a lot of frustration in my camping experiences with Lynn because oh, I'm terrible at it. Is that, is that what you're I saying? Because I felt like it should be so much you know, I don't know how much they camped before kids. I'm sure they did it a lot. Huh. Um, but they, they made it seem so easy. Like I remember, um, my dad had a friend and we would go camping with him as a family and we were in the middle of Denali national park. There's no resources there. And he was making us tempura and rice and like fresh sushi in the middle of nowhere. That's amazing. Goodness. And these, these are these memories that I have. And so, you know, when Lynn and I went camping for the very first time together with our kids, cause we didn't, well, yeah, with the first time with kids, that was not the experience it was we a disaster. had. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I think. Although I, I would love to talk to your dad and your mom and ask, like, are those memories accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Or was it a disaster and you just don't remember? And that's a fair comment yeah. because there are so many stories in my adult life that I have I have turned back on my parents and asked them and they're like, oh, no, no, <laughs> that is actually not accurate at all. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so it like ruins all my childhood memories. Like there was, um, my dad used to tell me we were named after, our, my last name is Planchon. And um, he said we were named after Planchon Pass, which is where the famous story about the, the soccer team or the rugby team in Argentina crashed into the mountains. And that book Alive oh, was written. Oh, yeah. And the movie Alive. He said that's where, that, that pass is, is named after us. Which I was like, that's kind of a weird thing to be bragging about. Because like <laughs> yeah. some really tragic things happened there. And so I told that story my entire life. 
And then I think it was like five years ago. He's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant to tell you, we found out that's not true. <laughs> like, but I'm still telling this story. It's a great story. You, you know. Yeah. yeah. No one else is yeah. going to fact check you. So you might as well keep it. Yeah, exactly. So Lynn has a very good point. Like there, they, there could be some serious behind the scenes things that I'm not aware of because I think our kids aren't aware of half the frustrations we have no. now when we're camping. Yeah. Cause I think all um, of us would agree that camping is not effortless. Yeah. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> it is effortful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Andy. So I'm dying to hear Widgie Wagon, like you. So, how did you fall in love with the whole outdoor camping thing? Yeah, that, great question. Um, so, so really, that uh, a lot of that input came from my mom. I mean, my dad was really excited about it, but mom was definitely the camper with the history of like serious camping, camping. Um, as I was growing up when she was a kid, she uh, grew up in silver Bay and she got hooked into this family. Um, the Butos of silver Bay. Um, she was she good, like middle school friends with this woman, Christy Buto. And, uh, the Butos were really a force, um, at Widgie at that point. So they kind of hooked her into that. So, you know, she went through the program. Wait, can you explain what okay, Widgie? So explain, yeah. yeah. So Widgie Wagon, great, great point. Um, Wijiwagen is a canoeing camp, uh, currently, uh, run through the Minneapolis, St. Paul, Twin Cities, YMCA. I think it's got official name. I might've butchered the official name of the Y, but, um, <clears throat> historically it was, you know, it's, it's own private camp. And then it was run through the St. Paul YMCA. And it's a, it's a really amazing outdoors camp, um, I believe it still has, at least it had when I was there, the largest fleet of wooden canoes assembled in the world. So, you know, wow. um, camping, but but really fostering respect for the environment, uh, really fostering a negative impact approach to camping and and having those wooden canoes be one of the one of the vehicles through which to teach kids that they really have to care about the environment and their gear and themselves and everything they bring with. And just that, that realization of who you are and where you are. Cause you know, you can't just drag a canvas, um, you know, a cedar canoe across the rocks and drag it up onto shore. So, um, so yeah, so my mom got into camping. She got me into it. Um, we did a bunch of, you know, in North Carolina, we were always, uh, going out on little weekend trips up into, uh, Blue Ridge Parkway kind of camping up um, in the mountains there. And then, you know, we moved and from high school, I was um, I was in this really funny Boy Scout group, which was terrible. Uh, but the cool part about the Boy Scout group, the amazing part, is that it was uh, a camping trip every weekend, 12 months a year. So oh wow, um, every weekend there'd be like a, you know, two night, three-day trip somewhere to uh, Mount Monadnock in New Hampshire or down to... Because you grew up in Ro Rhode Island, yeah, right? right? you know. Yeah, right. Okay. Out to um, uh, Dutch Island in Narragansett Bay or just, you know, like out to the Cape or like all over the place. It, you can drive, you know, four or five hours and hit uh, a bunch of really amazing scenery there. So um, camping all the time out there once a weekend. Sorry, a weekend a month as a kid. And then... Uh, every summer we would road trip from Rhode Island out to Minnesota um, to see some family, but also to, 
you know, spend time in the Boundary Waters to go up to Wijiwaga and to do camping, you know, um, all over the state here. And then not just the Boundary Waters, but the Quetico and the Crown Lands. Um, and yeah, that kind of parlayed through college selection. And, you know, the uh, I went to the guidance counselor and said, I kind of like the school that I'm in, but I want it to be in a city and be, you know, they kind of gave them my parameters. And they listed off five or six schools, and McAllister was one of them. And I said, oh, McAllister, that's that's fantastic because that's, you know, a couple-hour drive from the Boundary Waters that's in the state of Minnesota. And, um, you know, it's close to my grandparents too. So I said, that sounds wonderful. It's 1,500 miles away from my parents. Uh, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> and uh, moved out here to Minnesota. And, you know, um, I guess it's um, been here ever since. So. Didn't you too, wow, so you tell me though, like your mom, even with her childhood growing up in Silver Bay, like had a mother who also, I mean, I know she was attached to this family, but had a mother, a single mother who really was good about getting her outdoors and having experiences and just taking life by storm. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma, uh, grandma Ruth, she was fantastic. They bought a they bought a used school bus and they ripped out all the seats and they painted it, I think, purple and um, put beds in it and couches and stuff. And, you know, they drove from Silver Bay out to Prince Edward Island and, you know, out through the Canadian Atlantic, um, huh. you know, so they, they were really big into just trying to have as much experience as possible and interesting experience and, you know, thrifty experience, but really rich experience so so how so you guys both have these experiences then where you're in the wilderness a lot and clearly it stuck with you because now here we are all these years later and we're talking about what an impact that this has had on your lives like what do you think it what do you think it is about camping in the wilderness that you just you kind of you both I think are sort of addicted to and what is it about about camping or the wilderness adventure, like what's the, what's the magic? Uh, for me, there, there's the cliched answer, which is you get to take on the challenge of, you know, you versus mother nature. Right. And that, that answer comes more prevalent when I go winter camping. Um, like I've spent months in the middle of the Arctic in Anwar and it's been 55 below and we're intense and, it is just awesome that you can survive in that. Um, even like way back when, like when people were st like, you know, nomadic roving around the, the countryside, like they could survive in that. Right. And so to still be able to do that, I think is awesome. Um, but then there's the other side, which is just, you're, you're getting out and you're resetting your life. Like, you know, there, there's so much connection in the world. Now you can Google anything, you can Facebook anything, you can do anything on the internet, but if you go to the boundary waters that ceases to exist mm -hmm. and that's a complete reset. Um, we were talking to a friend of ours not too long ago and he, he was commenting, we were, we were debating about something and I can't, I think it was a movie and I'm, yes, it was a movie. It was the never ending story oh. and we were debating <clears throat> the name of the horse in the never ending story. And everybody in the group, except the guy telling the story, everybody in the group reached for their phones to Google the answer. And he said, no, 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 put your phones down. This is part of the fun is yeah. trying to figure it out without 
reaching into Google. Like you have to exercise your brain a little bit. And that's something I remember vividly when we were go to, uh, when we were up in the Arctic, it was, you can't, you can't do that. You have no, you have no resource. So if something comes up and you don't have an answer for it, you're stuck with that for weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's the most maddening thing ever <laughs> because you're like, what was the name of that horse? And weeks will go by until you can, you get home, you land and you Google it. And you're like, Oh, I knew that. <laughs> So I don't know. For me, for me, it is it is the challenge. I I really appreciate the challenge, but I do really appreciate the solitude of it all as well. Lynn, I actually really like that question because I think addicting is definitely a word for these two. Um, I know when Andy and I get home from somewhere, it's literally like a week later and he's like, oh, God, when are we going to go somewhere again? Like, and we're just like, we just we were just gone for 10 days or we were, you know, but yeah, it's. He's yeah, he's got the bug more than everyone else in our family for sure. But but I think, you know, and and Ian, I totally agree with kind of both the points, the the solitude and the success. Uh also for me, it's a big part is just being outside, you find yourself living in the moment, right? In a way that when you're just in your office, when you're going through life, when you're dealing with kids, like all your normal routine you blink twice and a whole day has gone by and, and you look at yourself and you're like, it's nine 30 at night. And I feel like I just woke up. Like, I don't, I don't know really where the day went, but when you go camping, when you're outside, you have that realization of like living every minute and you're there and there's, you know, um, kind of the social connection that you have to the people that you're with. And there's a connection to nature saying, what's the weather, what's changing. Uh, there's, you know, needing to kind of snatch a moment from a cold day or get a fire or figure a way around the, you know, kind of dealing with the um, exciting and fun uh, challenges of camping that, you know, a lot of people would think if you're not good at stealing it back are negatives, but if you are good at stealing, those moments are amazing. So, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like I, this, this year in particular for me, we we've had a lot of time to reflect obviously, cause everyone's been at home. Everyone's been around each other. Um, and one of my biggest regrets throughout my life is, so I, I work in the video production industry. Um, like my entire career is spent looking through a lens of a camera. Right. And I've been very fortunate. I've gone to some amazing places and shot some amazing things in these amazing places. But I remember vividly, I went to China once and shot an event and, when I got back, somebody asked me how China was. And I was like, I honestly have no idea. I I was shooting this thing this entire time. It was a mountain biking video back then. So I was watching these athletes do this, these cool tricks, but I was watching through the lens the entire time and not looking around me. And this year has been a, a personal journey for me to not take photos, which kind of sucks because you can't share those memories, but I, I just feel like I want to I want to witness the moments more than I want to capture the moments, and um, so that's that's been what I've been attempting to do. And I think this year my motto was like I, I've been I've spent so much of my career documenting people doing cool things. It's like I'm kind of sick of it now. I just want to do the cool things. So that's been my mission this year. That's cool. <laughs> but yeah, ca- yeah, getting getting back into the moment is that's I agree with that 100. percent That's huge. Yeah. Stay tuned for more from the twins on future episodes. 
We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. Thank you.